Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I, um, I concluded a moment ago, I was reading from Joshua chapter 3, and um, the Bible says as they that bear, the in verse 13, excuse me, in chapter 3, verse 13, that the promise was given, the word was given, that as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord of the earth would rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan would be cut off. That was the word of God. That was the word of God. And then in verse number 15, the scripture says in real life now, as they that bear the ark were coming to Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water. That was faith in action. As Brother Danny began to reiterate these scriptures to us that day as we were sitting in our dining hall, um, just a few minutes, you know, we were kind of t- looking at this collectively, corporately, as a church as we began to move. It was at that moment or somewhere along in that time that Brother Mike Tumman spoke up and kind of tightened the prism up just a little bit on this one central thought. And that was the fact that this was more than just a corporate body that was stepping out into the water, but there had to be a literal priest. There was a man. There was a person, someone. So it was faith, not just corporately, but it was individually faith that boils down because someone's shoe had to be the first one to touch the brim of the water. I mean, I appreciated the input of, of these men as we sit around the table. Brother Rayleigh, of course, inserted uh, several things along the way as only he can do. And Brother Allen him, Everett himself and I, I don't want to try to leave anybody out of that because there was a lot of dialogue that day. But I'm thankful for the word of God and I'm thankful for faith and action and then I'm thankful that finally verse 17 was the fulfillment. And I just want to say one more time that if we don't have the word Or if only we have the word and stop there, it will die there. And so we have to take the word of God and then we have to exercise that by faith. And if they are ever going to experience verse 17, there has to be a 13 and a 15. Amen. So um, as we look back at Nehemiah 2, I mentioned that there are four hands that are present anytime you attempt to do anything of significance for the Lord. If you're trying to do something, we certainly need the hand of God. We need the hand of God to be upon us and bless the efforts of our church. Additionally, I I know that God always reaches outside or in a lot of cases reaches outside of the framework of the church and God can lay it on someone's heart to invest or be involved in some level and to some degree. And then I mentioned those two things. The third hands is the fact that Uh, is the fact that the hands of the believers, that's us, the church. And so we can't just kind of camp out and say, well, Lord, we want you to just kind of let all this happen. 
I mentioned a couple of Sundays ago at the conclusion of our service not to be discouraged if you just because you drove up the next service and there wasn't a bunch of heavy equipment out here and dirt being moved here and there and I was just trying to prepare us for that in case somebody was thinking that like that and I, I got I hope he won't mind me saying this but I, I got a text message from uh, Alan Everett Jr. and he said I know you made the statement that there would not be heavy equipment there when we got back the next service or that there wouldn't be a lot of dirt moved he said but I was looking at least for a survey stake in a permit box <laughs> yeah that quiet innocent yeah kind of <laughs> so I am going to I'm going to see if I can rent a permit box and <laughs> borrow a survey stake for next Sunday. Somebody help me with that. And, uh, and so we need, to, we need to have the hands of the church, the hands of the church at work. And then, of course, the fourth hand is not necessarily the hand that we like to think about, but it is certainly a hand that generally shows up, and that is the hand of opposition, those that would be sure to mock and or try to ridicule the efforts. And so this morning, I just want to say this in as much love as I can possibly muster up, and I want to say this as humbly as I know how, but if you don't have the faith for this project, then I will just ask you to do one thing, just hush. Amen. That's fine. That's fine. Amen. I don't mean that in a smart aleck way. I say that in reverent fear. But I wouldn't speak against something that you're not sure God's not for. And so if you don't have the faith, I understand that, that, that our faith sometimes is weak. And there have been times that my faith has been strong about something and my wife's faith has not been that strong about it. And then there have been other times she had great faith about something and I didn't have faith about that. And so we just kind of made a pact with each other that if that one wouldn't try to bring the other one down. And so, you know, it, it's an old saying, and uh, I, I kind of like this. I've heard, read this many years ago, and I've said it many times through the years, that you don't really need a lid on a bucket to keep a crab in it. All you need is another crab. Because every time the one crab almost gets out, the one's going to reach up and pull it down. <laughs> and, so, and so we don't want any crabs in this project. <laughs> and so... Uh, just let the Spirit of the Lord, let the Spirit of the Lord just do something for us. Uh, we're not blind or ignorant or crazy and don't, don't uh, expect there not to be some unforeseen obstacles. You cannot even repaint one room in your house without unveiling something that you didn't see was there. But uh, we're, no matter how much we look at it, there may be hands of opposition. But here's, I, I always think about this when I think about uh, the work of God and the kingdom of God, especially the, 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 the work of God. You know, when, when David found out that Saul had died and had been killed in battle, David said this, and I've used this many times, some of you know where I'm going, but I just say this to underscore to me how important it is to keep your hands and your lips off of the work of God. It was obvious that Saul, who was a, the king of Israel, it was obvious that you're not going to cover up his death. I mean, this is not going to happen in the shadows. And so word of that was getting in the street. And so this is what David said, and I'm paraphrasing, but in, in the second book of Second Samuel, David just said this to those. He said, don't let it be told of you. 
Don't you tell it. Speak not of this in the street. Speak not of this in Gath. He said, don't you tell it, lest our enemy rejoice. The in, this is going to be told. Somebody's going to get on the bandwagon. Somebody's probably printing it right now. But David said, don't you be the one. You keep your hands off of Saul. You, you keep your opinions off of that, lest the enemy rejoice. And you know what? It would, be, it would be the enemy's pleasure to sow discord. It always is the enemy's pleasure to sow discord among the church and, uh, and cynicism. And so I don't want to be on that wagon. I want to say let's, let's move forward and let the Spirit of God touch us. And so the first hand that we need with us is the hand of God. God's hand was on the rebuilding of the wall long before Nehemiah showed up to Jerusalem. The Lord broke Nehemiah's heart over it and he opened his eyes and helped him to see something that was there. And so if our hearts are not broken with weeping, then we'll never feel the hand of God upon our lives. Psalms, David said in the 127th Psalm in verse number one, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And so when the road seems the darkest, then we're encouraged by the presence of the Lord. And you know what? God doesn't just move all at one time in one surge and uh, but God moves all along the way and encourages us all along the way. Jacob had spent a good portion of his life uh, deceiving others like his brother Esau and his father-in-law Laban, but he realized in a place in the 32nd chapter of Genesis and when he wrestled all night long on the banks of, of Jabbok River, by the morning he realized my efforts are futile and he said, I have got to put my trust and my hand in the hand of the Lord. And so the common denominator is, is the fact that Nehemiah and Jacob prayed and they prayed until the hand of God was upon them. We never know what God is going to use or who God is going to use to help with his work. The king had, as I mentioned a moment ago, the king really had no vested interest in this. Nehemiah was just a servant in his house, but when the king found out of what Nehemiah's intentions were, he sent letters or he sent favor with him. Nehemiah was given letters of safe passage and he was given authorization to have to use even some of the king's lumber and this had nothing to do with him. We may often be strengthened by someone that would have really no interest outside of uh, what God is prompting them to do in the project. In Joshua 2 and 1, uh, we see that, that the spies, two spies were sent to, into, to Joshua, by Joshua into Jericho. And when they got there, when they got there, they met a lady who had no vested interest in what they were doing. And her name was Rahab. And yet she became the very pinnacle, the saving point. And she said, you come here and find safe passage. And you know what she did? By doing that, she saved her entire house. And so God will never allow somebody to bless the church that God won't bless them abundantly down the road. Amen. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 32, Jesse's three older sons were strengthened by their youngest brother who was willing to take on Goliath, a young man who had no vested interest in what was going on. He was just a young man, but all of his family was blessed by his involvement. In 1 Kings 17 and 11, the widow of Zarephath was strengthened by the prophet who came along and just asked her for some bread. And so we must never forget that where God leads us, he will feed us. He will sustain us wherever we are. So just like the ravens and the running brook that God provided for Elijah, he will provide that for you and I. The hands of everyone 
the second hand. The hands of everyone must take a hold. When Nehemiah told the people about the hand of God and the king's generosity, they didn't just pull up their lawn chairs and say, well, let's just watch this go. Let's just watch this wall go up. Let's watch this take place. When they heard when they heard the word of the Lord that came from Nehemiah, the 18th verse says that they said, let us rise up and build. Amen. So I say today that that ought to be the that ought to be the the uh, the rally cry of our church. Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the work. So here is the meat of the message. When God provides us the strength or the word, we're expected to move on that. Adam and Eve were provided a garden. So you know what? Overnight they became gardeners. Israel was given a plot of ground. And so the Lord expected them to farm it, to tend that, to take care of it. I know that what we're looking at, uh, I know that we are looking uh, at something today not just with the eyes of humanity, but I believe that God is looking at this as well. Amen. If anything takes place beyond this message, I'm going to tell you that it will have to be God working through the hands of men. No one here uh, has ever caught a trophy fish that didn't first ever go fishing. I have several friends who are avid hunters and I've been in their office and in their office they've got all these trophy deer and they've got these trophy fish and they've got all these animals that they have killed on their latest expedition. And uh, for those of you who have visited my office, uh, know there are no trophy fish, there are no, <laughs> there are no trophy deer and uh, there's, there's a reason for that. And uh, the reason for that is because I have never gone fishing for them and I've never gone hunting for them. And so you don't just, unless you're just gonna go buy one on an auction somewhere, those don't just land on your wall. And so it, it only happens to those who are diligently seeking after that. And so I say, Lord, help us today to realize that our testimonies, the testimonies for this generation and those to come, are on, we're standing at the precipice of that to, for the Spirit of God to use us and ordain us. The Bible says in the 19th verse, when Samballot and Tobiah and, the, and Geshem uh, heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that you're gonna do? And are you gonna rebel against the king? And here's the bottom line. There will always be some measure of opposition. Amen. You know what? When, when you put up something and, and something's not going your way, uh, there, if, if somebody wasn't really on board to begin with, they're the first one to say, see, I told you. But you see, some things are just life. And you just gotta learn how to overcome that. You gotta learn how to back up and, and, uh, and, and just get another run and start and just handle whatever comes along. I mentioned uh, somewhere along the way that in the building of this sanctuary, uh, some of you are, are present today that were here the day that it happened. This building literally fell. The building literally fell, literally fell back down on its foundation after the trusses had been set. Men were working that day, putting the decking on the trusses and the building fell flat. Well, I'm, I'm confident somebody could have said, well, I told you we shouldn't ever. I, I knew that we should not, not, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not, I'm not aware if anybody was present that did that, but here's what I am aware of. I am aware of that within seven days, all of those brick had been restacked because somebody said, we can't just leave it here. We can't just sit here. What are we gonna do? We're gonna chip off all that mortar. We're gonna restack the bricks. We're gonna order new brick. We're gonna straighten these trusses up. We're gonna put it up again. Amen. 
And so uh, just because something fails doesn't necessarily mean that the hand of God is against that. There may be something else that was going on. And so if we, we need to pray and ask God to help us to be strengthened. The Bible says this in Psalms 27 and 5, for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Those that fight against will not overcome because God is always coming to the rescue. Jeremiah 1 and 19, and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Two weeks ago, and I'm not gonna take a whole much, a lot more time here, but two weeks ago, I shared with you about a passage of scripture that Brother Jason Campbell shared with me. As I was getting prepared for that service a couple of weeks ago, I sent Brother Campbell a text about what I was planning to share with our congregation that morning. And so while uh, we were both working, kind of doing the last minute Sunday crunch thing, and uh, I sent him that text real quick, and he sent me back a scripture that he felt led to share with me. I shared that with you a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to ask them to share that again today. It was Exodus 33 and 13. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Today, I just got to share a little bit more with you about what's happened since I shared that with you last, a few Sundays ago. Two Sundays ago, as soon as I dismissed the service, Brother and Sister Pope made their way down to the front of the, of the auditorium here. And Sister Pope was standing there and she had tears in her eyes and she was just, I could see and sense the power and the presence of the Lord upon her. And she was holding her Bible just like this. You remember this? And she was standing there holding her Bible. And, and so as I walked up here, uh, she said, I, I, I want to be careful. And she, I hope I'm telling this right or getting this close at least. She said, I want you to note something. And, and, and she said, I want you to under, look, I, I have not moved the mark that is in my Bible. And she said, I want you to see that, that, that this is right where it was. And, uh, and so she said that on, the, that, uh, on Thursday prior to Sunday, uh, she had been in prayer and the Lord laid this passage of scripture on her heart. And she said, I was so taken by that. I didn't really know how to make sense of that. I didn't know what that had to do with me. What does that have to do with us? And so she said, and she showed me, she said, I highlighted those two scriptures, but she said, I couldn't get away from what does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with us? And she was so perplexed by that that she dated, wrote out beside in the little margin of her Bible that date, am I right? February the 26th. And she put that out by the side and she said this morning when you started talking about this scripture and when you said Exodus, she said, I knew where you were going. <laughs> Amen, I knew where you were going. And so I, I don't know about you, I'm not trying to read tea leaves here, but I, I'm not going to ignore when God just says, you know, I want to... I just want to underline something. I just want you to be reminded. I want you to be reminded, amen, that my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Well, I just couldn't hardly wait 
to get home and I wanted to share this with Brother Campbell. And uh, so we're at different uh, service schedules and a different time zone, so we kind of got to work around that. So it was actually Sunday night before I was able to get a hold of Brother Campbell. And so I, I told him, I said, man, I have just got to share with you. This time I called him. I said, I just got to share with you what happened this morning. I said, you gave me those scriptures. And then I preached. And at the end of the service, Brother and Sister Pope uh, came down and, and uh, the, the Lord had given them those same scriptures. And so he said, well, let me just tell you the details of what, how it even came to me. He said, three weeks ago, this was three weeks it's been five weeks ago now, but three weeks prior to this taking place, he said, I was praying down in the front of the church. And he said, one of the men in the church, a man that I would liken to our brother Rayleigh. <laughs> and uh, a man that Brother Campbell has a lot of confidence in, one of the ministers in the church, not somebody that's just, just kind of given to offhandedness, but they were knelt down sort of beside each other praying. And he said that this man... Uh, this other minister in their church, that the Lord laid those two scriptures on his heart. He said, I didn't even know what they were. But he said, the Lord laid Exodus, uh, that was Exodus 33, 13, and 14, and he said, tell Brother Campbell that you need to read that passage. So, he, so, so Brother Burr just got up and walked over Brother Campbell, and he said, I don't really know what this means, but the Lord told me to tell you to go read this passage of scripture. And so Brother Burge later admitted, he said, I had to go read it myself because I didn't even know what it I didn't even know what it said. And so Brother Campbell got his Bible and he turned to that and he said, Lord, I don't know what this means. He said, I, I, I feel like it's for somebody, but I don't think it's for me. I don't think it's for me right now. And he said, immediately, whenever I contacted him that Sunday, that the Lord spoke to him and said, Brother Boyd, it is him. It's this church that needs this. And I'm telling you all that to say this, not to try to sound super spiritual. I'm just telling you this, that God was paving the path and setting the course, amen, and confirming what? God is confirming that I'm gonna go with you Amen, and my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that God can use us in, in, in great ways, in small ways, whatever it may be. I'm thankful for the spirit and the power of the Lord. I'm glad. Amen, I'm glad that God is just that kind of God. In closing, I wanna say this. I'm not attempting at all to work you into a frenzy. I'm sharing a few things with you that God has shared with me. I'm not suggesting that we don't have mountains to cross. I'm just stating that God is confirming to us that he will go with us all the way. Romans 8 and 31 says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Nehemiah proclaimed that God would give them success. He warned the mockers that they would have no claim in the victory of the Lord. Amen. So I want us today, I want to look around and see where God's hand is at work in our church and in the life of our church. And then I want to ask myself, what will be my level of commitment to this project? Allow me quickly to summarize my thoughts as our musicians come. If we have a vision as Solomon said we're to have, then we got to understand there are some things necessary for a vision to work. Number one, there has to be a need. God always is drawn to needs. Verse 17, Nehemiah said, you do see the distress that we're in, and so we've got to do something. And then Nehemiah didn't just stand there and dream, but he had a plan. He addressed that plan. Several years ago, we put together a, a plan, and if they want to share that with us now, 
we put together a plan, and this is just somewhere to start. And uh, we are, uh, I have always tried to exercise this mode of operation in our church to use people in their areas of giftedness. And, and so um, we kind of put our heads together several uh, years ago and, and uh, began to pray and ask God to help us to have some direction. I'm sorry for that. That's not any more clear than it is. But it's the best we got right now. But um, this is a plan, a plan for a new building, a plan that would... Uh, that would uh, a new sanctuary that would be placed here on our property would give us more room in the sanctuary and then the two current buildings that we have would then be remodeled uh, to be able to use for other ministry purposes. And so uh, I pray that the Spirit of God will help us to get a vision of that. And as we move along in this process, we'll be able to share more things with you uh, than this. Right now, this is as far along as we are. We have had a couple of meetings and uh, I pray that the Spirit of God will just touch us. If you can see that, um, if you can kind of make out this. I'm sorry, I don't have a pointer. I have one, it's just short. <laughs> but on the, on the right-hand side of this, you can see our current sanctuary. And then you can see the annex as it's turned facing north and south. And then to the north of us would be the new sanctuary approximately where the old sanctuary. Hey, how about that? Boy, I'm listening to this. Does that work? Can you see that? Look at Shaky Jake right there. And that's with two hands. <laughs> Who wants surgery? <laughs> I better put that down. My, mo my mother just shed a tear. My mother just shed a tear. Amen. And so we have to have a plan. And so this, I'm not saying that none of this would ever change or anything. We just have to have some place to start. And finally, we have to have the authority. Verse number 18, Nehemiah addresses the authority that God had placed upon his life. Amen. And uh, it has to be caught by others. That vision has to be caught by others. Amen. And so the people, the Bible says, strengthen their hands for the work. There'll always be doubters and skeptics among the people that are trying to work. Amen. But I'm going to pray and, and say, Lord, help me to never forget that prayer and supplication works. Verse 8, the Bible says, They conspired, all of them, to come up and fight against Jerusalem to hinder it. But you know what? When, when, the, when mocking wasn't enough, they literally fought them. And so the Bible says that they had to work with a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. And uh, the devil doesn't just give up and walk away. And uh, so I pray that God will help us to realize that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And so I pray that God will help us to realize that as he has always intervened for his own, he will continue to do so. We cannot just be prepared to fight one day or just one week or just one battle, but we say, Lord, help us to push through. Amen. We're here today because somebody before us was not afraid to fight. Amen. Not afraid, I'm talking about spiritually, not afraid to stand and dig their heels in the ground and say, God, help us to move forward. Amen. We have a responsibility to one another. I'm going to ask us to stand. I think this is the note I would like to leave on today. It's found in Nehemiah 4.21. There's a phrase, a phrase that says, so we labored in the work. And I believe that church 
must always be a we kind of thing. It ought to be a we kind of thing. You know, I've watched through the years as new families become a part of our church. Our vernacular gives us away. I've heard people that first started coming, they would say kind things like, you know, y'all have got a great music program here. Y'all have got some good singers. And after a while, I would hear those y'alls become we. I'd hear people say, you know, the Lord really blessed our church. We've been mighty blessed. And I realize there's a tipping point that somebody is buying into this thing. And they're not just standing on the outside talking about y'all or you. But it's a we kind of thing. The kingdom of God has to be a we kind of thing. You know, no one in this building may ever step on foreign soil to serve as a missionary in ministry. But if we are not involved in missions and the church is not a we kind of thing, then missions will fail. Maybe no one here will do a lot of things. I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe we will. But if we just pull in our stakes and become all about us, it won't be long. We will be inverted spiritually. And so I say, Lord, help us to keep reaching out. Help us to keep pushing out because it is there that we find the perfect balance we need in the kingdom of God. Can we lift our hands and our voices together? Amen. Let's worship Jesus Christ today in this, in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.